Welcome to an inspirational teaching by our guest speaker of Adonai Church, Bangalore. We hope you enjoy this teaching. Today I want to speak about the Father's heart. This is only one portion of it. There is a lot more, but this is just a slice, just a thin slice, right? Now, you know, it's very important that we come to know the Father's heart. For each one of us, we got to know the Father's heart. One of our great emotional needs is to know the Father's heart towards us. That is one of our greatest needs, is to know His heart towards you. And is to have an assurance that our Father enjoys us even in our weakness. Now that's something if by God's grace, if you can pick up today by the power of the Holy Spirit, it would be wonderful. Actually, the whole point of today's sermon is this particular point. That to give you an assurance deep in your heart that God enjoys you even in your weakness. Actually, we are all weak. All of us. All of us are weak. And the way we view the Father's heart towards us in our weakness will affect the way we approach Him. Because when we are weak, when we are failed, you know what we do? We do what our parents do when we fail, stand in the corner. And so we go there and wait for a while. We punish ourselves when we fail. We punish ourselves. We stand in the corner. Actually, once my my daughter, when she was young, you know, she did something, and Melanie said, Go into the corner and kneel. And she went in the corner. And Melanie went to sleep and forgot about her. <laughs> she was still in the corner, poor thing. When she got up, oh, we were still in the corner. But we stand in the corner. We punish ourselves because we don't understand the Father's heart towards us in our weakness. And today's sermon is just precisely this. What does Father think of me? You know, when a child is not doing well or done badly, go run to the mother for comfort. But when a child does well, you know what the child does? Goes to the father for approval. We want our father's approval. So we run to the father and tell, see, I did well in my class. But if there are all red marks in your report card, then you can't go to the father. We have oh, all these red cards. What will he say? What is he going to say? You see, what does my heavenly father think of me? It is so important for us. Does he shake his head in disapproval when he looks at me? You know, when he looks at Pastor Victor or Pastor David, we say, come, come. But when he looks at me, oh my gosh, he's come now. This sermon is about that. Does he shake his head with disappointment 
when he looks at me. Some of us are forever living under a cloud of disapproval. We walk with our heads down because we think there is a cloud of disapproval. And we are messed up. That's because we don't understand our Father's heart towards us. The way we view our Father's heart in our weakness affects the way we approach Him. You know, some time ago, Pastor Victor was talking about hanging out. You see, you can only hang out with people who love you, who are not disapproving of you. But if you know somebody is disapproving of you, whenever he looks at you, you're not going to hang out with that person. we got to know our Father's heart towards us so that we can hang out with Him. We can spend time with Him. Now, this sermon is not about hypergrace. I don't know whether you understand this word hypergrace. Hypergrace means do what you want. It doesn't matter. The grace of God is there for you. It's not about that. I don't believe in hypergrace. I'm trying to talk about the Father's heart towards us. I'm not talking about living irresponsibly. I'm not talking about carnal living. Please do not misunderstand the sermon. You know, our Father is holy. And He wants His children to be holy. So, it's not that. But I'm saying the way to grow in holiness is to hang out with the Father. Because we are transformed into His glory as we spend time with Him. All right? So, that's the sermon about. Many of us, especially young people, they repeatedly fall into sin. And they say, oh God, I promise you I'll never sin again. I'll never do that. And next thing, they do it again. They do it again. And then they say, oh God, I've done it again. And they think that the Father disapproves of them. I can't go. They go stand in the corner. <laughs> I've done it again. No. Standing in the corner. They punish themselves. Right? Some of us, and many of us, have wasted our youth. Wasted them. And some have done well in their youth. They've got good marks. They've done well. They've got a good job. They're married well. And others have wasted their youth. I had a whole church like that. Whole church of wasted youth. And some of us are that way. And then, I want you to know the Father's heart towards you. Today, I'm going to talk about that. Even if your youth is completely wished, even if you're the black sheep of the family, and you have the disapproval of all your relatives, they all look at you, oh, he's there, right? We got to invite him for the, because he's part of our family. So we got to invite him. But stand in the corner. And you stand in the corner. But I want to talk about the Father's heart towards you. Some of us have a very low self image because we have messed up. And our heads are buried down. We're standing in the corner. We have a low self image. We can't move with the holy molies. You know, there are the holy molies. 
and those over there. And we can't move with the holy molies. You know, the holy molies look at us and say, it's okay. It's okay. But I want to talk about the Father's heart towards you. For those who stand on the corner. For those who repeatedly fail. So, let us look at the five-point sermon. Our Father's heart towards us. Five-point sermon. God loves unbelievers, but He both loves and enjoys believers. I want to make that point very clear. We will elaborate on that. He loves everybody. God is love. And He loves the whole world. He gave His one and only Son for the whole world. So that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. He loves everybody. But He loves and enjoys those who have accepted His Son. He enjoys you. Because you have accepted His Son. Not because you are the black sheep of the family. He enjoys you because you have accepted His Son. And you have come into the family of God. And that's the first point. But let me go. God chose you right from eternity. We'll talk about that. Right from eternity, each one of you, God has chosen you. Specifically, I tell you something. We will go into it further. The second point I want to say is, in this five-point sermon, the second point is, God's love for you, or for us, is equal to God's love for God. I want to bring that point out. All right? I also want to talk about to understand the love dynamics in the Trinity. It's going to be very, you might think this is theological. I, I can assure you, nothing theological about it. You're going, to be, you're going to find out your position there. The fourth point in the sermon is God longs, longs to hear you. He longs to hear you, each one of you. Some of us are very good in praying. Just so good. I mean, I could hear them forever. You know, just so good. Uh, Pastor David just now prayed. I said, I wish I could pray like him. You know, the way he prayed for Pastor Victor. Wow, I said. I was standing over there. Yeah, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So good. Some of us can't pray well. And yeah. But still, God longs to hear you. And he longs to be gracious to you. And then the fifth, I'm going to end up with the parable of the prodigal son. This was one of the biggest, most beautiful chapters in the Bible. It's one of them. I'm not saying the most beautiful, but it's a chapter that I would recommend you read a lot of sermons. You read more and more about this chapter because it tells you about God's heart for you and for me. Right? So this is the five-point sermon. So let us take the first point. All right? God chose us right from eternity. In John 15, verse 16, you did not choose me. I chose you. That's it. Understand that. You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. That's God's word. Ephesians 1.4 
For he chose us in Christ, in him, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. That's what he did. Before the creation of the world, he chose you. You didn't choose him. You were not even thought about. And I was not even thought about. But he did it. There is a wonderful song by Andy Crouch, one of my favorite composers. He died in the beginning of this year, in 2015. He says, I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. But oh, I am glad. I'm glad he did. I'm glad Jesus loved me. I'm glad he sacrificed his life. He chose you before the creation of the world. And he says, I've chosen you to be holy. Me holy? Me holy? <laughs> I have failed miserably. I have sinned so much. Even after I became a Christian, I fall into sin. I fall into sin. You see, you know, there are some people who are more mature in Christ than others. That is known as sanctification. But there is something known as justification. In justification, there are no degrees. Everybody has got a PhD. Every one of us has got the same level of justification. Whether you're a new Christian, whether you're an old Christian, whether you're a falling Christian, whether you are a running Christian, it doesn't matter. You have got the righteousness of Jesus Christ put into your account. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him, that is Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in Christ, in him, we might become the righteousness of God. You can't go higher than that. You can't go higher than that. All of us, whether you're a black sheep, white sheep, brown sheep, doesn't matter. You have got the righteousness of God if you have received Christ. And Anyone over here who hasn't received Christ, the invitation is there to receive Christ because you can have the righteousness of God put into your account. I'm going to the next point. Simple things. Simple things. Next point is understand God's love for believers. Understand His love for believers. In John 15 verse 9 says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Think about it. Understand that. Meditate on it. Make it your own. God's love for you and for me is equal to God's love for God. As the Father loved me, says Jesus, and Jesus is God. Father loves me, I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Second point. In, he makes a prayer in John 17, verse 23. You, Father, you have loved them even as you have loved me. The Father's love for you and for me, that's his heart, is the same as the Father's love for His own Son. God's love for you and for me is equal to God's love for God. I mean, that's God's Word. 
That's God's will. Therefore, look at this diagram. This diagram will tell you the love dynamics in the Trinity. That triangle is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Trinity. Three persons in one God. All right? Adam and Eve were in paradise. They fell right down. And Jesus came and lifted us up. Where? Into that place. Because the Father's love for you and for me is the same as his love for each other. For God. That's where we are. That's our position in Christ. And you know something? All of us are there. I'm there, but you're there. You're there, but I am there. All of us are in that place. So therefore, Jesus says, I give you a new commandment. A new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. That's a new commandment. Why is it a new commandment? It was there in the Old Testament. Love your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. That was there in the Old Testament. Why is it the new commandment? Because you have a new position. Your position is in that triangle. So that's a new commandment. You go to love one another the same way because God loves us so much. He loves us. Whether you're a black sheep, brown sheep, or doesn't matter. That's your position. And you know, my brothers and sisters, when you are there in that position, we are called to love each other. You know, my friend Andy Matheson, he wrote a book. It's not about me, it's about we. It's we, not me. It's about us. It's the body of Christ. We are loved. And so we are called to be part of a local church. Why? Because we can love one another. I do love my friends in the UK and the USA and different parts of the world, but this is the local church. And I'm part of this church. And we are happy, my wife and I are happy to be part of a local church. We heard that wonderful sermon by Morris, somebody, you know, He's talking about the local church. You've got to be part of a local church so that you can love one another. And you've got to pick up. You've got to be sensitive to each other. To pick up people's griefs, people's sorrows. You've got to cry with those who cry and be happy with those who are happy. You know, you've got to pick up because we are one body. And so if one part of the body pains, the whole body pains. So you've got to pick up. And that's the reason why you have to be totally involved in the local church. Completely involved in the local church. You know, because we are called to be one body. And we are there in that triangle. And I'll tell you one thing, in that triangle, we are going to be there for eternity. So you might as well start loving each other. And therefore, you know, I want to speak to you. First, you must know your position. In Christ, you must know that you're there in that triangle. Let's see the triangle again. All right? You must know that you're there, you're in Christ. You are in that triangle. And you must sleep knowing that you're in that triangle. When you go to sleep, think where's your position. Because why? You got to remain in his love. Jesus says, Remain in my love. Make it part of you make it. Every time we break bread, it is telling you I love you. It is telling you I died for you. 
It is telling you that you're part of me. But every day before you go to sleep, think about your position. Go to sleep on your pillow thinking that you're in that triangle. Talk to yourself. You know how much we talk to ourselves? We talk to ourselves a lot. But mostly what we talk to ourselves is quite negative. I'm not good enough. Yeah, I know. I don't know sir. Oh, I should have done that. I think, I don't know why I've done it. What a fool I am. We talk to ourselves, but talk to yourselves that you're in that triangle. Talk to yourself. Meditate on your position. And also know that others are there in that triangle besides you. So never talk against your neighbor. Never talk against others. Don't do that. Never try and show disapproval. But for the grace of God, we should not have been there. Whether you're a black sheep, white sheep, brown sheep, doesn't matter. He brought us into that position. And so never look down on others. Never. Always speak well of them. Always be an encouragement to them. Pick up how they feel about life. Pick it up in your spirit. Be sensitive in your spirit and be a blessing to others. Because that's where we are in that triangle. All right? That's important, my friends, because the more you practice this, the more you will understand your Christian life, the more you will understand your Father's heart. Because that is your Father's heart for you as well as for me. For me as well as for you. That's your Father's heart. And we must understand our Father's heart. I said the next point is God longs to enjoy you and be gracious to you. Even when you are immature. He longs to be gracious to you and hear you. Psalm 2.14 My dove in the clefts of the rock, in the hiding places on the mountainside, show me your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. You know, in the clefts of the rock means in Christ. The rock is Christ. And we are hidden in Christ. And because we are hidden in Christ, God loves us. Because your righteousness is the same as the righteousness of Christ. And we are hidden over there. And you know, we might have felt bad. We might have felt bad. And we punish ourselves on going into the corner. But God said, don't stand in the corner. Come here. I love you. I love you. I want to see your face. I want to see your face. I love you. I want to enjoy you. But I'm weak, Lord. You know, I promised you I will not sin. I promised you I will not sin. But I sinned again. I have fallen again. I have fallen again, Lord. I have to go into the corner. He says, don't stand in the corner. Come to me. Come to me. Understand your father's heart. Come back to me, he says. I want to see your face and I want to hear you. But I'm not so eloquent. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You know, babies are not eloquent. They say, wah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Don't be, don't have to worry. But he wants to hear you. He wants to listen to you. And whole of our prayer life is actually 
95% of our prayer life, maybe 99% of our prayer life is private. Only 1% is on the stage. Am I right? Only 1% is over here. So if you get impressed by somebody who's eloquent in his prayer, wow, man, I wish I could pray like him or her. It doesn't matter because 99% is private. And what, what does he say? He says, I want to hear you. I want to hear you. So you can pray. You can pray. You can pray. doesn't matter about your eloquence. Just pray to God. He longs to hear you. He wants to see your face. That's the Father's heart for you and for me. But in that corner, you don't have to condemn yourself in that corner. Come out. He says, come and be with me. And that's the Father's heart for you and for me. That's the Father's heart. You know, in Isaiah 30 verse 18, yet, yet, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He longs to be gracious to you. That's the Father's heart. He longs to be gracious to you. And He rises to show you compassion. That's the Father's heart to you. It doesn't matter whether you messed up your life. And I tell you one thing, all of us have messed up our lives. All of us have messed up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't put your face down. Don't stand in the corner. Don't stand in the corner. Come out and spend time with your father because he longs to be gracious to you. If you are messed up, if you have spoken rashly, if you made a fool of yourself, you know, you go and stand in the corner. But that's not the father's heart. He says, come. I want to talk to you because my son died for you. And you have the righteousness of God. You're his child. He loves everybody. But he enjoys believers. He enjoys his own children. He enjoys you. He enjoys you. Listen to this. This is God's word. This is the cry. This is the cry of the Father. He loves you. That's the cry. And I want you to listen to it more and more. Right? You see, in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, justified means all of us got the same PhD. You understand? There are no degrees. All of us have got the same PhD. All of us have got the same righteousness of God. Since we have been justified by putting our faith in Christ, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith, into His grace, into His favor. Grace is favor. You have gained access into favor of God. You can't get more favor than anywhere in the world. Some of us have influence. We have favor, you know. Uh, I, I know that guy, I'll get you a job. Do you need a job? Oh, I, I know someone. I'll, I'll phone them up. Because I got favor with that person. I know that person. But we have got favor with God. You can't get higher. We have gained access into that favor. In which we now stand. You don't have to stand in the corner. Don't stand in that corner. Stand in the presence of God. But I have failed. I have failed, Lord. 
I promised you I, have, I will not sin and I have sinned again. Don't stand in the corner. That's not your place. That's not your place. Come back. Say, I'm sorry, God. He doesn't say, you again? You're sorry again? <laughs> he chose you from eternity. He saw your worst. And yet he says, I chose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Understand the Father's heart. Understand. Because when you stand in His grace, you're transformed. You're transformed. So 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we with unveiled faces means we don't have a veil over our face. We are not in the corner. Our heads are not down. We are radiant. We are all in the radiant school of learning. All of us. All of us are in the radiant school of learning. Right? We are unveiled faces. We reflect the Lord's glory and are being transformed from caterpillar to butterfly. We are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory. With ever-increasing glory. Because we are standing in His presence. Don't stand in the corner. You'll never be transformed there. That you're putting a veil on your face. You'll never stand. I don't know how many times you have fallen down. The longer you live, you know how many times you have done it. And you've just lost count. I have lost count how many times I've fallen. I've totally lost count. But I have not lost hope. I haven't. I haven't lost hope. I can come into the Father's presence and not as a hypocrite. I say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. I'm really sorry. And God knows I'm sorry. He knows. He said, I forgive you. But I've done it again, Lord. He said, I forgive you. 70 times 7. We are called to forgive each other. And God forgives us 700 times, 1,700 times. Yeah. I want you to know the heart of the Father towards you. Right? Now, we come to the last part of the sermon. And that's the parable of the prodigal son. Right? Do you know what's the meaning of prodigal? Prodigal means a waster. That's the meaning of prodigal. Have a look, go to the dictionary. You'll find out the meaning. He says, this was a waster. The parable of a waster. This is the parable of a waster. In Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 16. Chapter 15 has got three parables. The parable of the lost sheep and the shepherd, which is Jesus. The parable of the lost coin and the woman, that's the Holy Spirit. The parable of the Son and the Father, which is the Father God. Right? So it tells you the triune God's heart towards us. But something more. Luke 15 is just after Luke 14. And Luke 14 tells something. And it is severe. Luke 14 is severe. Ah, let us look at it. I'll just, it's not there. It's not there. I'll just read it out to you. Right? In Luke 14, he says, And if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother 
his wife and children, his brothers and sisters. Yes, even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. Oh, man. Oh. And then comes Luke 15. All right. The cost is high. But the grace is higher. That's what I want to tell you. The cost is high. But the grace is higher. Understand that. We can't do it. When we first came to Christ, my wife and I, we saw this verse. We have got to give up everything. I mean, we both thought, looked at each other and said, you know, we worked so hard for this and we've got to give up everything. Well, we can't do it because we didn't know that the grace is higher. The grace is higher. God transforms us. The grace is higher. Always remember, when sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Right? So, so in, it's in that context. And you know, he, he actually was speaking, and he was speaking grace, and there were two types of people who were listening to Jesus. Two types. And I'm just going to tell you about them. It's not there once again. It's in Luke chapter 15, right in the beginning of Luke chapter 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to your him, that is Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered. They were the holy molies. They were all the holy molies, well brought up people. They came from very good families, good lineage. They dressed up so well. They knew what the right things to say. And these tax collectors, these black sheep were there. And they were listening because they needed grace. They needed grace. But the holy molies stepped aside. And then he told them in that context, he was telling them about the Father's heart. In that context, he was reaching out. I want to tell you something. He did not despise the holy molies. That I will tell you. He did not despise them. The grace was the same for the holy molies. As for those who have messed up their lives. As for those who are prodigals. Who have wasted their lives. It's the same grace for both. So if you are a holy moly, you don't have to stand on the corner. I can tell you one thing. Don't worry. God loves you. And the grace is the same. Right? It's the same. Don't condemn yourself. I'm going to speak about the prodigal son. So Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 16, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. In the first parable of the lost sheep, there was a shepherd who had a hundred sheep and one went astray. Then when it came to the lost coin, there was this woman who had ten coins and one was fallen. And now he narrows the thing. He says there were two sons and one of them went away. One in a hundred, God looks even for one in a hundred. Even one in a hundred is special. Even one in ten is special. And even one amongst two is special. But everybody is special. Everyone. Right? So yeah, 
he had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the property between them. And not long after that, younger son got together all he had, set off to a distant country, and there squandered. He wasted. He wasted his wealth in wild living. Wasted. Wasted youth. He was prodigal. Wasted. And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to feed his stomach with the pods, and the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Now, when there is a parable, remember... Don't look at everything. There is one big truth in every parable. So don't look at this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing. That is not the purpose of a parable. A parable is to teach you one big thing. And here he's teaching you the Father's heart, even to those who have wasted. This is a parable in contrast. If your, son, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. What he's talking about is not mutilation. He's talking about being severe with sin. So he's just bringing out the, the severity and the contrast and what he's talking about, a wasted youth and the father's heart. And that's the point in this parable. All right? The wasted, wasted youth, wasted person, a person who's a waste, who's the blackest of the black sheep. Such a person he's talking about the father's heart towards such a person. So I tell you one thing, we are all on it. All of us. Everybody over here. Especially myself. So, here was this man. You see, sin never satisfies you. Sin thinks that shows you that you can enjoy yourself. That actually it's of the devil, and the devil wants to finish you up. So sin finishes you up, and so this man was finished. And when he was finished, when he came to his senses, he understood that the devil does not satisfy, only Jesus satisfies. How, he said, when he came to his senses, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will go I set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like your hired men. He says, Father, I have messed up and I've come back to you. He had repentance. He had repentance, but he didn't understand the father's heart. Still, why didn't he understand his father's heart? I'm going to tell you. He didn't understand how the father was going to receive him. He said, I'll go as a servant. Not as a son. So he didn't understand the father's heart. You know, when we sin, we go into a binge sometimes. Because we don't understand the father. We lose hope. 
So we go into sin, and then we go into sin more and more and more and more and more and more and more. You know why we go more and more? You see, you take an alcoholic, he takes one drink, and he goes more and more. He condemns himself. So he goes out to drinks, 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 till he falls down. My father was an alcoholic. My brother was an alcoholic. My father's brother was an alcoholic. I know what alcoholics are. My best friends were alcoholics. I grew up with alcoholics. I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he saved me. But that's the truth. That's the truth. So if anybody is an alcoholic here, if anybody is, is stuck in sin here, I'm not here to condemn you. I, I understand. I know what it is. We go into a binge because we don't understand the Father's heart. We don't understand the Father's heart. So Luke 15, 20, so he got up and went to his father. Now he's got up and he went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His father was actually watching for him and was filled with compassion. And he ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. The father sat. And the son said, when he saw that response, look at what the son said. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But he didn't say hired servant. Some grace touched his life. Something touched him and he dropped the last point, the hired servant. He didn't say the hired servant. You see, grace touches a man's heart. And this boy, this wasted son, this prodigal son, got touched by grace. The way the father received him. He was still repentant, but there was hope. And brothers, sisters, if you can receive that today, receive it, because that's the father's heart towards you. Don't stand in the corner. You're not meant to be st standing in the corner. The father saw him. He watched for the return of his son. The father had compassion. The father feels compassion on those who have wasted their lives. Jesus died for the prodigals. And we have all wasted our lives. The father has compassion on you. Compassion. He ran towards the prodigal son. He threw his arms around him. And I want you to receive the father's hug today. And he kissed him. That's a restoration of favor. Without a season of probation. You don't have to stand on the corner. Or you come back, huh? Alright. Stand on the corner. No. He kissed him. There's no rest, no probation. All right? No probation. Full service. You see, we are all fallen down. Remember that diagram? Psalm 113, verse 78. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts up the needy from the ash heap and he sets them up with princes. That's the father's side. He'll take you from the dust. I don't know 
your backgrounds. I don't know what you feel in your heart. Do I have, do my spirit has some understanding? I can pick up some things. But I want to tell you the Father's heart towards you. He puts right up. He puts you right up to set with princes. Alright? Right into the triangle. Now, Jesus continues to describe the Father's heart. Luke 15, 22 to 24. But the Father said to his servants, Quick, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf, kill it, and let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive. Again, he was lost and is found. So really, this is the, the parable of a father who has lost his son, rather than a parable of the prodigal son. It's a parable of a father and the joy of the father, the joy of the father who has found his lost son. And so he says, put a ring. That's a ring is a sign of authority to represent the family. Put a ring. In the Catholic Church, a bishop has a ring. Go to kiss it. You want to share? A sign of authority. Okay? Noblemen have rings. Sign of authority. Put a ring on his finger. Put a ring on his finger. Sandals on his feet. Servants in those days had no sandals. Even today, you go in the villages, they don't have sandals. But masters have sandals. Put a sandal on his feet. Kill the fatted calf. Killed for special occasions and let us celebrate. So, whenever, remember some things, angels don't understand salvation. They don't understand salvation, but you and I understand salvation. Jesus did not die for the angels, he died for you and for me. The Bible says they are ministers of those who have got salvation. They minister to us. But they don't understand salvation. They understand that there is phenomenal spiritual war that is taking place in the heavenlies. They understand that. And they are in awe every time you have a little bit of obedience. They are in awe of you. They are in awe of you. Because you are being transformed into the image of the glorious Jesus. So be encouraged. Every time... You take one step of obedience. The angels are in awe of you. The Father delights in you. Every time you return to the Father, He delights in you. Don't look at your failures. Talk about your return. He delights in you. God knows our every weakness, but He enjoys us even in our weakness if you have got a repentant heart. So you fall down, get up, say, I'm sorry, God. It's good to make resolutions. You can make a resolution. I'll never sin again. I made that. Make it, make another one. Make another one. And this one is, I'll get up and I'll go back to my father. Make that one. I said, God, I'm not going to be in that corner. I am going to get up. And I'm going to get up. And I am going to return to you. Make that resolution. Make it. And the angels will be in awe of you. You're going to be transformed. I don't know you, but how black 
a sheep you are, but even if you are the blackest sheep, God will transform you. God will transform you. Now, Jesus continues on the parable. The older brother became angry, so his father went out and pleaded with the holy moly. He pleads with the holy moly. He goes to and pleads just the way he went and pleaded with, he received his prodigal son. He also has the same heart for the holy molies. So if you're the holy moly, that's all right. Rejoice. But only understand, you need grace. Understand. And don't look down on others. Understand. So he played it with the holy moly. But the holy moly answered him. All these years I've been slaving for you and you never, I never disobeyed you. He was under the law. He didn't understand grace. He was under the law. But this son of yours, this prodigal son, he squandered everything. This is my son. He calls the holy moly my son. You are always with me. And everything I have is yours. What is this everything? Grace. Grace. You see, the holy moly didn't understand grace. He didn't know that he was destroying the family, not with squandering the wealth, but with his anger. He was angry. And he was destroying the same family. He was looking down on his brother. He was destroying his family. You know, he was destroying his own family. He didn't understand grace. So if you are the holy moly, understand that God loves you. God is delighted with you. He doesn't look down on you. He loves you. But he's calling you to love the others. The prodigals. Proverbs 24 verse 16. For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. But the wicked are brought down by calamity. You know, I don't know how many times you fall down, but please get up. That's a righteous man. Get up and go back to your father. Go back. Go back. If there is one, one, one resolution you have to make for the coming year, make up this resolution. I will get up and I will walk with my father. Amen? That's a resolution. You can also make a resolution, I will never sin. That's good resolution. And may God bless you for that resolution. That shows that you have a heart for God. That you want to be a disciple. And that's a good resolution. But make one thing. In case you fall down, get up. Don't stand down. Don't go into that corner. You are pleasing nobody in that corner. Get back into the Father's presence. I'll close with the same thing. Our Father's heart. Our Father's heart, our greatest emotional need is to know our Father's heart towards us. It is to have an assurance that our Father enjoys us even in our weakness. And the way we view the Father's heart towards us in our weaknesses affects how we approach Him. Amen? God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message. To know more about us, please visit www.
www.adonai-ministries.com